Good morning, church, and welcome. Uh, thank you for joining us, those online. We thank you for joining us, and make sure you chat with our online minister, and just have to connect and to find resources and relationships. And for all of us here in the room, we want to welcome everyone, and thank you for coming so far. I think, Barry, you came to Fathers. He's a missionary in South America. Didn't know I was going to do that. Thank you with your wife for joining us. And thank you, we're glad you're here. But if this is your first time, we want you to feel welcome, that this is home. This is where we can develop relationships and connect. And if you're still trying to find ways to connect, we want to be available for that. You know, on our website and different places, we want to connect and to build together. So thank you. Those of you still online, we got a lot of space here. We're inviting you, just come join us. And let's continue to grow as we build together is what Christians do. So welcome, welcome. We're going to continue and complete this path of this series where we have been talking about build. We started by talking about we build because God is a builder and God is the foundation. We started off by talking about that profound question, who is God? And we found the answer in his word. The scripture always gives us answer to those questions that God is an all-powerful, all-loving, all-knowing, present everywhere God. So we, we establish that, that we are built upon God who is a foundation. When we know God, then we have to respond to God. And we've been going through this series where we've been answering this question. How do I respond to God? And we started off by Pastor Rob telling us that we respond in worship. And we have this vertical celebration of who God is, everything he has done, everything he has said. That is our response to God. And also we heard a couple of weeks ago from Pastor Marsh is, where do I worship God? Is it just on stage here, in the audience, online, everywhere, every day, in everything? That is the believer's response to God, that you can worship God in all places and declare his message. We also talk about another response to God is by prayer. And this is what every believer is called to learn to pray, talking to God, spending time in his presence, just enjoying in his scripture and knowing that my Father in heaven, the almighty God can speak to me. And we looked at Nehemiah, who was a great example of how he came to God in difficult times. You pray because you trust God, you have a big problem, you want to leave a legacy. It all comes by praying to our almighty God. And last week, Pastor John Tadonia got us to where we've been talking about why and how do I read the Bible? This book is trustworthy. I believe this Bible. I can trust this Bible. I, this Bible will keep me away from sin. I have difficulties, decisions, and directions I need in life. I can trust God's word because it is holy and pure. He has given that to me. So that is how Christians build. We build in response to God. This week, what we desire to do is to connect all of these things together. They are not separate, you know, all the, the series we have done. They are not separate, but all is answering another question today. And a big question we ask as we build is, where are we going with all of this? You know, we know God builds, but where are we going? Now, if you are over there in the, in the grade school, there's one answer. Where are we going? You will say, who are we following? Because kids like to follow. Where are we going? We are following Jesus together. 
We're going to unpack that a little bit by answering other questions that relates to this. Where are we going? We're following Jesus. Where did Jesus go? Who did Jesus go with? Where did Jesus, how did he build the kingdom of God? Once we get this, we start to understand why does this church exist? Why is Northland Church at 530 Dog Track Road or in person online? We exist because we want to be about the Father's business. And so that's what we'll be talking about today as we consider these questions. What kinds of people follow Jesus? Where are we going and what are we doing? And the prayer and desire is that all of us, we leave this place and knowing that Jesus told us where to go. And we're going to ask, am I going? Am I living in obedience or disobedience when Jesus tells me, follow me? So we're going to see that from the book of Matthew, how Matthew unpacks this for every believer. I chose the book of Matthew because we're going to see in the beginning part how we answer some of where did Jesus go, and then we'll finish in the book of Matthew with what every Christian will able to know that Jesus told me where he's going, where he's sending me, am I going? So we'll be reading from Matthew chapter four to start with, and then we'll extend that and see where was Jesus going and sending us. If you don't mind, you can please stand if you're able as I read Matthew chapter four. We'll be reading verse 18 to 25. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once, they left their nets and followed him. Going from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in, the, in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria, and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures, and the paralyzed, and he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the regions across the Jordan followed him. Lord Jesus, may we hear your word and may we learn and obey how we can follow you. Thank you now, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will take these words and our people as we hear. Amen. And please be seated. So we're going to answer a couple of questions as we consider where are we going. And if you always want to know where we go, we look at Jesus. Where did Jesus go? Who are the people who followed him? So we see in the text we just read here that Jesus is walking beside the Sea of Galilee. And so who are the people who are following Jesus? It says, those nearby. And we see here it was this fishing corporation. You know, it's called the Zebedee Corporation. So he had those two brothers and their dad, you know, those of you in family business. But we also saw uh, Peter and uh, Simon Peter and Andrew. So Jesus called people who were immediately around him to go with him and to take them along. So those were people he, he was leading. Secondly, we see that Jesus 
are those not yet included? He said he went all over the area of Galilee and different places and where there were synagogues and he was reaching the Jews in those synagogues. So if you see the first group of people that were nearby that Jesus was following, those guys just saw this guy walk up, 30 years old, and he's just going to be calling them to follow him. It had to take some faith and, and fortitude to follow him when he said, let's go. And they were going together. So they followed Jesus as he was going. And now he takes them to other regions. Now, when you read the story in the Bible, it's just a great story. Yeah, Jesus went, you know, around Galilee. But if you really get to the history, the context, the geography of that region, Jesus was a Jew. He had an ethnicity. You know, those of us, my ethnicity, I'm black, I'm African, that's my ethnicity. Jesus had his own. For him to go to Galilee was really a situation. Because these people were their enemies, they were different. But Jesus was going to them also because he came for a reason. The Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. So he's breaking barriers. He's, he's building bridges and he's breaking the walls there to reach out to these Gentiles. If you read further in chapter 4, Jesus was fulfilling what God had planned for mankind from the beginning. When he said to fulfill what was in verse 14 of chapter 4, it says what the prophet Isaiah wrote. Land of Zebulun, the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea, that's the Galilee area, and beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, those who were walking in darkness, people who were living in darkness, Jesus came. So Jesus was reaching out to all people. You know, I was saying, uh, if you are teaching the grade school children, the question, where did Jesus go? One word answer, everywhere. Jesus went everywhere with the message of the gospel. And that has not changed even over 2,000 years ago. He was going there, proclaiming the, the, the message, breaking down cultural barriers so that he can declare what the Father had for him. He traveled all over these places to reach people who were different from him. And for Jesus to live in the Galilee region, I still remember the story we were in Israel and they always give you a Jewish, a Hebrew guy who is your guide. So I teach the Bible, but Elam is with me just you know, to tell us the history of his country and what to enjoy. So we had just landed and we we're getting out of the bus in Capernaum. And he said, do you know why Jesus made his headquarters in Capernaum? Well, I read that in the Bible because God said he would be there. But he said, Jesus made it because these people were different in Capernaum, even though Peter, you know, he's, he's had a home there. But it was among people from where he can go north, he can go, like it says, as far as beyond the Jordan. That's the River Jordan. You can go all the way up to Syria and beyond. And he can go south as far as Judea. So that was really revealing, you know, to hear from my Hebrew brother, you know, that yes, it authenticates what the scripture says about Jesus going everywhere. The other question we have to answer is what kinds of people followed Jesus? What kinds of people followed Jesus? Well, if you're in grade school, you want to answer that question, you will say all people, everybody followed Jesus. We'll see how that is in the text. Because what we see here, that there are the people who you might not expect. We just read about fishermen. You know, fishermen, these fishermen were following Jesus. 
tax collectors. We read about Matthew among his own people. If Matthew was around today, he may be working at Wall Street or IRS. You know, he was just the guy in the money business. And religious leaders, government leaders, and the sick, the poor, the rich, the lame, the confused, the hurting, everyone was following in all people. Jesus went to them, even those we may not expect. Prostitutes and, and demon-possessed people, the, the scripture says that all of these people were following Jesus. Following Jesus together has not changed today in this century because we need to be going to people everywhere. We need to be people like Jesus. You and I are called as a church, as an individual, as a family, to walk with Jesus and go everywhere he leads us. We don't have geographical boundaries, as we'll see later on where Jesus was leading. So the question to us is, am I following Jesus where he's taking me? Am I going with Jesus? Because you find out that when we grow up in the church, in our families, in our homes, it's easy not to, to stay in our own territory. But that is not biblical. If there's anything you can get today, I said it. It's not biblical to just stay in your own confines. I love Jesus, I go to Bible study, I pray. Jesus says, go to all people, go everywhere. I want to share a story with you that is very dear to me because in the last 25 years, that's an ingrown story of Northland where we see families, where we see individuals, that they get to follow Jesus with their children, and that is where discipleship starts in your home. For my wife and I, it starts with our two daughters, now they're all gone. But this story could be a story of any of the young men and women I have seen grow, grown up here. It could be the story of Samantha, it could be the story of uh, Nick, there was a young man here, we used to call him Nick at night. He's now a diplomat, you know, in some place of the world, I won't tell you. But all of those guys, they grew up here, and from their families, where they were following Jesus, discipling them, to our church, to even where they went to school, that they were following Jesus, and they are now having other people follow Jesus together with them. Well, this is a priceless story because it's about the Price family. Yeah, I have a very good friend, Rika and, and Lucy. They are, they are members of our church. They've been over here, and 22 years ago, they had a young girl was born. Grew up in this church, children's ministry, studying the Bible. By the way, those of you who take your kids, I, I met a new family, you take your kids to children's church, they study the Bible. If they stay there for five years, they go through the Bible at their level three times, because our children went through that. So they were studying the Bible. So. She studied the Bible and she got involved in the youth group and mom and dad were discipling her at home. She came to the church, she was being discipled. Some of her leaders in the groups were those who were teaching them. Uh, there are different, different people like Keith over there. Keith, how long have you been doing children's ministry? Didn't you expect this? Huh? 21 years. So one of these girls was those you, you really reached out to. But they were just discipling them. Then time comes for our daughters, those of us with daughters and many of you with sons, to go to college. So she goes up uh, to UF, go Gators. They won the game last night, right? <laughs> that just came out wrongly. <laughs> 
So she went up to college, but mom and dad have been praying. She goes up to college, and she finds a community of believers who were following Jesus together. And she gets involved in the collegiate ministry. The collegiate ministry is a campus ministry that you expect your children. Every college in the United States, if you have kids go to college, even if it's not a Christian college, there's a ministry of friends with crew and other navigators and all of this. But she joined this uh, ministry there with the local church she became part of and following Jesus with university students and learning and growing. But she did not forget that she was there to get her degree. So she pursued her degree and got her degree in food and animal science. At the same time, following Jesus, going all over to the nations. This summer, we prayed for this young girl because she went to a country that Christianity is not their religion. For two months, she was living in, in, in an Asian country where she's telling people about Jesus, showing Jesus. That's the benefit of knowing how you follow Jesus. Come back home, she gets her dream job because of what she studied, but she felt the passion that I am called to be someone that could be on campus and reach out to students. Now, for those of you hearing this, campus ministries are amazing. You reach three groups of people. Our very Christian children we send to college. Somebody has to reach them to solidify them in the faith. But there are other unbelievers who go to college, and of course, international students that come to this country to be able to reach them for Jesus. So Miss Price, this young lady, is doing that right now because she was following Jesus at home, her local church, her university, and beyond. The question is, where am I following Jesus with an example of that? I share the story so we can be praying for all of our kids, how they are following, how they are being disciple, how they are engaging with Jesus, that when they are at home, they are at church, they are in the community, they are marks of, we can say, they are following Jesus together. That's what Jesus called these men and the places who were making disciples. Disciples are learners and followers of Jesus. Every Christian has to be a disciple-making disciple. You know, I hear some people have a pushback on that word, where I think you have to take that up with Jesus and, and the ones who wrote the New Testament because it's there. But I would challenge you to dig into God's word and say, did Jesus call every Christian to be a disciple-making disciple? Yes. That's the way we go into kingdom. That's the way we build at Northland. That's the way we fill these empty seats. That's the way we invite people online because we are bringing people to Jesus and they are following Jesus together. So we've seen that question, where did Jesus go? And the other question, who is following me as I follow Jesus? Who is following me as I follow Jesus? Jesus came and he called people to come to him and to go. Everyone at Northland, everyone on the sound of my voice, if you have trusted Jesus and you're following, find someone to take along with you. Bring another believer along the way. And he has sent us not only to follow, but also to be able to feed the sheep, to grow them. That's why we have this gathering. Jesus was speaking to this group of people after he rose from the grave and said, hey, I'm going to be out. But he said what he said in John chapter 20, verse 21. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Northland Church, the word to us today, Jesus has saved us. Jesus has sent us. Are we going with him?
If that is what we live in obedience for that, I am sent to go. I start to look at my network of relationships. I start to invite my friends, those who I think are in my network and friends, those you already know, start to tell them about Jesus. Those you used to know and those people you hope you get to know them someday, everyone needs to follow Jesus. Can you imagine how many hundreds of us in here? If every one of us brings somebody along to Jesus, invites, Sometimes it's not being in their face with the Bible and all of that. Loving, serving them. We used to take a course in crew that is called Pray, Care, Share. You pray for people, you care for them, and the opportunity comes to serve them, and you can also declare the gospel. So Jesus has said this in Matthew chapter for The rest of his life, to, to see what happened in the book of Matthew, he modeled that. He lived it out, just like the Price family lived out following Jesus together. So Jesus comes to the end of his mission, and it is now time that he will want to declare that every believer, this is your mandate. Every believer, this is the work you should be about. Every Christian, this is what you should be doing. Let's go to Matthew chapter 28, and this is where we see Jesus called this meeting together, and they are way on the side of the mountain there in Galilee. And it is amazing to read the scripture. The first thing that Jesus tells them is that they are obedient. So we read, then the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. Jesus is always in the sending business to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him. Can you imagine that worship experience by the Sea of Galilee with Jesus there? The next line is sad because some of us have been there. Maybe you're there. Some doubted. In the presence of the Messiah in worship, they still doubted. But Jesus wanted to give his last word, which should be our first priority. He made it clear. He said, this is what you do. Then he said to them, all authority in heaven, in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go, see the action word there, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. I want us to look at for all, A-L-L, that is in what they call the Great Commission. Now, when they wrote the Bible, the heading wasn't there like in your Bible, Great Commission. It was a Lutheran pastor in Germany many years ago that really saw this message powerful and said, Jesus said it five times in different ways. He said it in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and also in the book of Acts. It must be important. So the one in Matthew is the one we call the Great Commission. The John 20, 21 is part of the commission and we'll see others. But Jesus gave this last words that others have called the Great Commission, which is the mandate for the church. The mandate for the church that the first one is that all authority in this four hours, all authority has been given. Jesus is not just looking at power, but he's saying how you can exercise authority. You exercise this authority that comes from him in the person of the Holy Spirit, that you are ready to go out there to execute, to be able to be filled with his power and go into the darkness of the world. Because there are dark places in the world that believers need to be penetrating because there's a power that Jesus Christ has given to us that we can go and break down strongholds. He says in Acts 1.8, and you will receive power. Can you imagine that Jesus has given 
and you will receive power and you'll be my witnesses. Somebody who has experienced something is following Jesus together and to declare it. Acts 1 8, you'll be my witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and all places on the earth. That is part of the, the mandate, that is part of the Great Commission. So all authority received from Jesus. In your prayers, in your study, look for that authority. Second, Jesus says all people should hear. And he says in the scripture that, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, ethne. You know that these people are just called Barry and his wife, they work with ethnos. Have you heard about ethnos 360? I think that's your lunch time to Google. It's a mission station less than 10 miles down the road that some of our, uh, our people serve with, you know, some are from South America and different places of the world. Because ethnic means ethnicity, tribes, languages. People say we have over 150 nations of the world, but in one of those, in every one of those 150 nations, there are many tribes and languages that people need to hear the gospel. So Jesus wants to go to us everywhere. One of the languages we speak here every week is my second language, English. But do you know this is another language that they speak here? And if I ask you what language they are speaking right on this side, you say, oh, that's ALS. And that's correct, right? It's ALS. But there are over 300 deaf languages in the world. Who is going to reach them with the, with the message? We only talk about ALS or BLS, the British Sign Language. There are over people to reach. One of the training I had to go to was to write a paper on reaching that language. So we thank them. Let's give them a hand. They've been doing this for many years. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. So Jesus even wants us to reach all the languages. Will you pray? Will you seek God and say, where are you calling me to be able to reach all people everywhere? Because Jesus said we have to do that. There are over 6,000 unreached people's group. They've not heard the gospel. And we're here. We need to reach them. And some are very hard places that we have to be able to take our marching orders. Our marching orders is in Matthew chapter 24, verse 14. Matthew 24, 14. And this gospel of the kingdom, Jesus' command, shall be preached in all the world to all the nations. Then the end will come. Don't listen to anyone who tells you Jesus is coming soon if you give them more money. We saw that in Christian. <laughs> I saw that in the news this week. And somebody said, that's why we No, Jesus is coming when the good news, the gospel, is shared with all the world because he said in Matthew 24, 14, then the end will come. They may or not believe, but we'll be able to expedite the coming of Jesus. So all authority, all people should hear, all nations should hear. And Jesus says, teaching them everything I have commanded you. And Jesus wants us to teach, to baptize, and to make more followers of him, disciples who are making disciples. And Jesus has called us that we need to finish the task. The mission of Jesus will be completed if we live in obedience to what he has called. So we teach them all the word of God, whether it's in our children's uh, class, whether it's in our student ministries, whether it's an adult education, or whether whatever group you are part of, Jesus wants teaching to be going. We teach the whole counsel of God. Everything in this book that we believe and has authority must be taught in your homes. That is what the prices did. And that is what many of you, I know you do in your families with your children. Teach God's word. That's the only thing that is going to last. 
because it's for eternity. And he said, you are teaching them they should be following and, and, and obeying him. And one of the ways for obedience is to be able to make disciples by baptizing, breaking news. Next week, we're not going to do it on stage here like we've done. We're going to have believers baptism right here on site. After the 11 at the 11 o'clock service, we just continue, we'll go outside. So if you've trusted Jesus, and you want to declare the gospel, say, I'm dead with Christ, I'm alive with him by baptism, please check online. It's October the 3rd, next week after the service. We just continue worshiping and go out there by the flagpole just next to the uh, um, cafe there. And we have, they're going to put this big top there and then we baptize people. Because baptism is obedience and following Jesus. Will you consider that? That you are following the great commission that Jesus said we will do. And I, the last one he says that all for is all the days I will be with you surely to the very end of the age. Jesus is not going to leave us wherever we go to declare the gospel. We are able to break strongholds. There are places that we are able to go and we can declare the gospel and see results. I think I saw Warren, Warren Griffiths is over there. It's another missionary that goes to the country of Japan. They'll bring all those, you know, we've evangelized the Japanese by bringing them here. We love them. They like to go to Disney and Universal, but also we present the gospel, they get saved, and the ministry is there. I think I saw the other family there, their son. It's over there. Catherine's there somewhere in the crowd here. But yeah, right there. But their son is there, less than 2% of Christianity in that, in that country. But their job is to go because Jesus is going to be with you. What are you afraid of today in Central Florida to declare the gospel to Jesus? What are you afraid of? If you get out of dog truck here, you go 1792 or you go to 427 and come back here 434, the nations around us or spend more money by going on the south side of town. You see all those nationalities that are come. Believers are called to declare the mandate, the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ to all of the nations. That's why we rejoice when we see these guys who are in mission agencies around the world and different places, Asia, Latin America, that it is about completing the tax that Jesus has given to us. Not long will we be people about the gospel. We will build in prayer and worship and read in the Bible, and the Bible that tells us, go into all the world as Jesus has given us the great commission. We can do that. Follow his example. He has done it. And Jesus, we want to give you a next step. I think I'm going to show you something on, on here. Uh, Jamie, if we can have that slide there. What is my next step? The next step is that check out our worship guide, and we always tell you if you text to uh, 97,000 the word disciple maker, someone is going to connect with you so that we can follow Jesus together. You just text the word, one word, disciple maker, and see how we can do this. We will grow our church, we will grow the kingdom because it's for King Jesus. So I hope you can take some of those next steps. Some of us have experienced this in a very special way. Maybe our 25 years ago, we had gone back to my home country of Sierra Leone, and we got there, there were these boys, we called them Aberdeen boys. Dr. Nick here, he and his wife Kim, they knew these boys, they were just far away from Christ. A missionary had got there, and he started to teach them, and they trusted Jesus. And I got engaged with them for about seven years in discipleship. We pray, we serve, they were just part of my family just like the, my, my own family, my wife and I, we, we poured our hearts into them. 
We poured our hearts into them and we were planting churches. We were going every place. Then, of course, in 1996, if you know the story of my home country, we all ran away. That's why we've been here. We go back and forth in different times. But then we got scattered us. But the reason for that is that we would be a witness and testimony to the nations. So about oh, just over a month ago, I got a picture of these boys. And those are them, the, the one in the red hat, um, Aruna and, and, and George and Kwame with their wives and one daughter. But these young men who were there, they're now big fellows. You know, they do lots of body building. But they are now taking with us the gospel everywhere. We've all been sent to this nation to obey the Great Commission, and they were just doing that. Some of them live in different parts of the country, but they were visiting with one of those boys. Then the moment the other picture they sent me just got to me. Because that picture, I was discipling them, but the one that even led them to Christ had come from South Korea. The missionary came from South Korea to Sierra Leone, West Africa, shared the gospel, and they are meeting him somewhere in, in, you know, in the United States. Reverend and Daewon Shin were the ones who led those boys who were knee-high at that time to Christ. And now we're all just together declaring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the nation. That was very encouraging that there's benefits, there's fruit in following Jesus. So church, amen, thank you. Where am I at Northland today? What is my commitment to be a disciple following Jesus and bring you? Where are we going? We are going on to build a church. That's why we exist. If this next season in the life of our church, there's a huge commitment that we're going to pray, we're going to read the Bible, we're going to worship, but we're going to declare Jesus Christ, whether it's our children's ministry, it's our student ministry, it's our community, start to make that prayer. Start to seek God and come along with him. So I want to invite us to pray a prayer of surrender, a prayer of commitment to the great commission that was given by the great King Jesus that I want to obey him, I'm following him, and where I can go. Maybe there's something you've been struggling with. Surrender it even as we are wrapping up the service. Will you join me in prayer? Father, we are here gathered because you gave us your marching orders, the great commission to all people everywhere and everywhere. However difficult it is, we want to live in obedience. So brothers and sisters in this room and those online, Jesus, may you call us to remember why we exist, that Jesus Christ is made known to the whole world. And Father, may it start right here in Longwood, Seminole County. May it start right here in the state of Florida, in the country of America and beyond. Lord, we just pray that you will pour into us, those who've come to us from other nations, that we are going to declare you that Jesus Christ will reign as the king forever because we have just lived in obedience with him. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's worship.